This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Jim Collins, CEO of Corteva AgriScience. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Corteva's Jim Collins. Next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 300 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Mergers and consolidation have been the trend in global agriculture over the past several years. Jim Collins, CEO of Corteva AgriScience, says their new company has a very rich history. The story of Corteva really starts about five years ago. Two uh, iconic companies, the Dow Corporation and the DuPont Corporation, announced their intent to merge and worked through a couple of years. And then by August of 2017, we received regulatory approval all around the world. So we merged those two companies together. And then almost immediately began planning for the divorce, if you will, about breaking them back apart because we were able to look across those two entities and then pull together the really important pieces uh, to create three brand new companies. And, and one of those was to create Corteva. So we took all the best pieces and parts of agriculture in Dow and DuPont and brought them together. And on June of 2019, a little over a year ago, we launched Corteva in the marketplace. And, you know, on that day, we were really kind of the only remaining U.S.-based pure play uh, seed crop protection and digital player uh, with all the other consolidation that you talked about going on in the industry. And, you know, we emerged uh, stronger, uh, much more balanced than, than the predecessor companies uh, and, and more competitive uh, going forward. So we had an opportunity to, to offer more choices for, for our customers. You know, we have about 20,000 employees. We, we're on the ground in over 140 countries around the world, and that's supported by you know fantastic intellectual property, patent estate, uh, a set of R&D facilities that are characterizing products for our customers every day. So while we've got 300 years of history from our parents, we really are a startup. So I, I joke a lot when asked the question, can you describe Corteva? I say, yep, we're a 300-year-old we're a startup. Great team, great heritage, but some really exciting things looking forward. You have a career serving in agriculture and serving this industry, and you were invited by the White House to discuss economic recovery back in April. We're still talking about economic recovery today as the country is still mired in this COVID pandemic. What are the things that you offered uh, during your time there at the White House, and, and how do you see Washington following through? It was a really special time right at the early part of this whole crisis as it was unfolding. And the, uh, the White House did uh, reach out as part of their economic recovery efforts to kind of get our views on what the U.S. administration could do to better support our farmers uh, all across the country. And so, you know, I stressed a couple of things. First, that it was critical to keep U.S. agriculture labeled as essential. We were in the heat of our seed deliveries all across the Midwest and wanting to make sure that uh, there were no disruptions in the supply 
uh, of seed uh, to our customers. Um, we we um, we asked the administration to make sure that as they looked at the small business loans process, that those uh, the section of those loans were walled off specifically for for farmers. As you know, we were kind of the heat heat of that season, and farmers were real busy focused on on getting a crop in the ground, and and they they would likely miss some windows, and and they did that. Clearly, the MFP payments were important to see those continue. And I think one area that I really stressed is we saw some big supply chain disruptions, uh, especially in the dairy industry, where uh, producers lost access to some of those critical um, end markets. And so USDA uh, looking for ways to really connect a grower directly to like a food bank, for example. So I think the food box program, uh, has just been um, outstanding. So um, I do continue to have great conversations with Secretary Purdue and other members of the Department of Agriculture, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited at what the administration has done uh, to make sure um, our customers are, are staying viable throughout all of this. Jim, how has this, in your opinion, COVID pandemic forced this industry to adapt, and are there changes that have been made that probably won't go back to what we knew before is normal. The first thing you can say is clearly the pandemic has added a new layer of stress. The ag industry is already a, a pretty stressful uh, industry, and, and so that, that new layer has um, has uh, created uh, challenges. But in all of those challenges, uh, we see um, opportunities uh, as well. So, you know, first, it's been supply chains, and, and I think it's forced us to, to be very nimble and and. and quickly pivot to make sure either key crop protection uh, products are multi-sourced uh, from different uh, geographies around the world um, and, and finding ways to you know, be creative with, with how we interact with our customers. Um, agriculture has typically been a real face-to-face uh, type of industry in the past, and we're, uh, we're using a lot more digital tools now to, to reach out and connect with growers and make sure they have the, the products and, and the information they need uh, as they uh, they were making decisions in a really uh, really critical time, so I I think that's probably the aspect of our business that won't go back uh, to the way it was. Is uh, we will find ways to to be more more digital in our in our interactions to supplement what is already one of the I, I think iconic go to market models in the industry. Our our pioneer field sales team that you know was out there. 2,500, 3,000 strong across the Midwest, and they're walking fields with growers and helping them solve problems every day. And so we'll be able to supplement that strong uh, approach with with better digital tools so we can reach growers how they want to be connected with. Jim, you also recently participated in the Borlaug Dialogue at the World Food Prize. Dr. Borlaug uh, saw technology as a way to fight hunger and accomplish agriculture's goals. So from the 30,000-foot level and, and looking to our horizon, what role do you see technology playing in our future of meeting food, fiber, and fuel needs? Well, I couldn't have agreed with, with Dr. Borlaug more. Technology and innovation is at the absolute foundation for our industry, and it, and it is at the source of addressing those big challenges that, that we face that, that we know that are ahead. You know, creating um, a, a more productive but also a more sustainable food system is, is we're, we're going to have to apply technology in, in those ways. Um, you know, that was one of the, the thesis of this merger was how could we do more with the precious research dollars that we spend? So having a bigger footprint, being able to, to leverage that. And since we launched uh, our company, Corteva, we've launched 14 innovative new game-changing products um, out there in the marketplace. So 
Um, speed is going to be important here if we if we're able to keep up with. You know, we've got the nine to ten billion people coming in uh, in 2050. That gives us about 30 chances left to to, to get it right. And um, one one way to really bend that curve is uh, is innovation. So we've uh, we've got a great pipeline uh, coming, and I think growers are, are are really appreciating that. We've seen consumer pushback, and not just on new technologies but on chemistries that farmers have used for years. And on one hand, Corteva, you mounted a court battle to try to defend the use of dicamba with the new uh, genetics that are available, but on the other hand, also decided to stop uh, producing chlorpyrifos. So what criteria do you use in, in making these sorts of decisions? Well, you know, first, the, the company just continuously is investing in, in R&D, and, and that R&D is, is looking forward, right? We're, we're listening to consumers, uh, their desires, and, and, and we're working with regulators to, to understand uh, their issues and concerns so we can bring um, new products to, to solve those. In, in the case of Clopyrifos, you know, this is, this is a, a good example of, of where it, it was both, uh, it was purely a business decision. Uh, this is a 40-year-old product that has been, you know, kind of generically challenged. Uh, margins and our opportunity to make uh, uh, a, a profit on that had, had dwindled long ago, and so we were we were sort of supplying the product in the market at, at almost essentially um, uh, zero zero earnings. Uh, and uh, but now in our pipeline, we have products to, to replace the the uses that, that chlorpyrifos went into. So. Uh, we're able to do that at a better value and a, and a better opportunity for for our our growers. So, uh, so while we made a business decision, uh, we decided to produce for this full season this year, so growers would have a way to transition through this season uh, into next year. Uh, and then there will still be other suppliers, which means you know we're still going to work with EPA to defend the the science and the label behind um, chlorpyrifos. So uh, our, our decision to exit was was a business decision, surely based on purely based on the fact that we had newer, uh, better products coming that, that could do the same task at you, a better value. You already mentioned this, but I'd like to uh, to ask it straight up so that you've got the opportunity to respond. Are there particular new technologies, whether biologicals or others, that can replace some of these chemistries that producers are are certainly in need of to protect their crops? And and how does a state like California that seems to operate by more stringent rules, how is that a challenge for your company? Yeah, great, great question. So um, clearly there, there, there are opportunities um, in, in these markets. You know, as a science and a, and a uh, innovation-based companies, you know, we we view these these standards as as challenges. How do we go invent and develop products that can live uh, to those highest standards? And so, one of the things I've always been excited about Corteva is we don't have different standards for different markets. We find that the, the highest, the toughest, the most stringent, and we design all of our new products to uh, exist in in those markets. Uh, we already have a few. Uh, products that that meet those stringent criteria. One of those is um, is our spinosins chemistry, spinosad and sp- spinatoram. Um, both of those have been awarded U.S. EPA Green Chemistry Challenges Awards uh, o- over the years, and they already incorporate the principles of green chemi- chemistry right into their uh, right into their design. Uh, and then you're, you're right, we're, we're working on a set of biological solutions as well, where you know markets will more appropriately. Um, require 
those types of, of solutions. Uh, and, and then I think as we design the next generation of herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides, designing them purely with with sustainability and these environmental standards in, in, in mind. Uh, one one product that we just uh, launched in, in Europe in the cereals market and another that we launched here in the U.S. in the rice market, both of those, you know, went through the regulatory process in record time uh, because of the safety profile of them. So uh, standards are tough, they're high, but we view those as challenges and, and real opportunities for us to, to, to meet those those standards. I recognize this is a tough question, but I need to ask anyway. Does consumer opinion ever outweigh what the science actually suggests? Well, I think it, it's partly education, right? Part of the role that the industry has here is to make sure that that we're that we're sharing, um, you know, in, in a very transparent, very open way, um, the, the the knowledge and the information that we have to go with. You know the science, and, and so I think sometimes um, the the words that are used matter, and the way we approach different audiences matter, and, and the way we engage really matters. So, one of the things I'm proudest of is when we built Corteva, those early days of our teams coming together. We we talked about our pur- purpose statement, and the purpose statement clearly starts with with producers. It, it is about meeting the needs of our farmer customers. Uh, to do what they do best, right? To, to be more productive and to help them be more profitable. Um, but, but it also has to have an ear towards consumer uh, demands and consumers' desires. Uh, and then we can play that really important role of translating what a consumer asks for into a tool that can be put in the hands of a grower. And I, I think that's uh, some of what we're seeing right now in, in, in the areas of climate and sustainability. Uh, consumers want uh, a, more, a more sustainable production system. And what we see is the fact that agriculture can actually play this massive role in being part of the solution uh, to some of these issues. So whether you call it uh, climate-positive ag or regenerative ag, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the role the farmer can play to not only meet those consumers' demands, but actually help go out there and solve some of these um, issues. Uh, farmers are the, one of the greatest stewards of land um, already, uh, and now with some new tools, we can take that to another level. I've had an opportunity to talk with Chairman Roberts and other members of the Senate Ag Committee and the House Ag Committee about this, as, as well as members of your industry and, and even with CropLife America. I could see how it's very frustrating for a company like Corteva to go through the process of finding a new science, of going through the regulatory measures, of seeing it approved, of having the product in the field and it being functional for farmers, and then have to fight a legal battle over that same label. It seems that there should be a standard that if you have met that as a company and if the producer is meeting the label requirement, that you shouldn't have to worry about going to court. Well, it is the uh, it is the world that we live in here in, in the United States. Uh, certainly, um, you know the uh, the the focus that we have is on making sure that first our products you know are are safe. Uh, second, that our growers are educated on how to properly uh, use that technology, um, and and third, in in, in being there and, and being available to, to answer questions. Um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, um, you know, we're we're actually quite proud of the fact that. Um, our, our interactions with growers have led to, you know, very, very few problems and, and issues associated with these technologies, and uh, we think they can be used safely and, and when stewarded properly. And we're, uh, we're we're proud of the clientele that we de- deal with, and we we're, we'll, we'll stay focused on on helping them do the best job they can with the tools we give them. 
So Washington is discussing a policy that might bring revenue for your customers, not just for the crops that they raise, but for the way that they raise them. How does this offer an opportunity or a challenge, if you will, for Corteva that might now see farmers uh, looking at the whole of the production system as opposed to the yield at the end? It's a it's a great comment. You know, um, as, as I mentioned, as as being an, an innovation leader, we're we're working on science based solutions that not only can help farmers be more productive, but uh, to preserve the natural re- resources that uh, that they're entrusted to. So, um, we have tools that can help growers reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions, the use of products in the field to help make sure um, fertilizer and uh, and and CO two stays uh, sequestered. Um, we're we're helping them with technologies that can reduce you know tillage um, and systems like in enlist uh, allow farmers to grow productive crops and with uh, total uh, no till or, or conservation tillage uh, approaches um, and then and then we're working on uh, programs and, and projects that actually net carbon positive in into the soil and digital tools that growers can use to help you know prove to others through third party certifications uh, that 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 grower could get paid for for the extra carbon that they they put back in, into the ground. So, um, I, I think it, it, it this, as I mentioned, the term whether it's renewable agriculture or regenerative or even climate positive um, agriculture, um, I think that's what we do best is look for ways to help growers be more profitable and get get paid for the good that they do. Uh, and uh, this will just be an, an, another avenue. So we're uh, we're we're quite excited about that that work that's going on. And we see it in other markets around the world, in, in Europe uh, and in some markets in, in Asia, where farmers are finally getting rewarded for the good work that they've, they've been doing all these years. So is there a place for companies like Corteva in this paradigm shift? A- absolutely. Like I said earlier, when you're the kind of company that has people out in the field walking you know, walking those fields with, with growers every single day, and a set of digital tools through our granular uh, offering that are available to growers, we can play a really important role here in, in helping to translate the good farm practices that growers are practicing today. We, we can help them prove that they did that uh, to others who would certify them uh, and who would uh, happily reward them for those those practices. Jim, I'm in my mid-50s, and I've had a chance to watch agriculture move to machines and then bigger machines and now smart machines. I saw chemical fertilizers come along and hybrids and now genetic engineering. And now the new word about the business is sustainability. It may seem like a redundant question, but I know that earlier this year, Corteva announced some particularly strong goals about sustainability. So what does this new face of agriculture look like? Is it a significant paradigm shift for the way that we're raising crops, or is it a continued evolution? Thanks, uh, Jeff, for the question. You know, I've used my different speaking platforms here o- over the over the last month to first reinforce agriculture's role in, in improving the, the world's environment. Uh, you, you mentioned the World Food Prize meeting. I, I underscored the important importance of innovation uh, and the role that the private sector can play as as part of that uh, that overall. Um, sustainability and resilient food system work. So I believe sustainability and agriculture are just inextricably linked. Uh, we've seen this up close in, in, in the past year, uh, and certainly with the weather events that we've seen all across the Midwest, the flooding, you know, the, the fires that, that we've seen. So um, we, uh, we took the, on June 1st um, of uh, 2020 was our one year 
anniversary, and we took that opportunity uh, to launch our, our own set of sustainability uh, goals for, for, for the next uh, number of years. It's, it's about 14 goals, uh, and many of those were inspired by our conversations with, with growers as well as consumers and, and, and policymakers. Uh, and um, we think of those goals in three specific areas. One, you know, they're the must-haves, the goals that we have to put in place uh, as a modern company to reduce our, our own footprint and greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, but then there's a set of goals that, that are focused on uh, making a much stronger connection w- with society. And so uh, efforts like engaging uh, 3 million uh, emerging uh, farmers in, in a partnership award or working with USAID in some of the most uh, uh, difficult communities um, uh, around the world. And we announced a partnership recently with, with John Deere to connect to the lives of over 10,000 um, growers. Um, but, then, but then there's that third set of goals that we put in place that, that, that are connected to your comments um, uh, around creating new market opportunities uh, for our customers. And so uh, things like uh, partnerships that we have with, with Microsoft to establish uh, a carbon market. So our customers can uh, tap into a new revenue stream uh, and get paid for the, for the good work that they're already doing. So those are just a few examples of those, those, those new forward-looking goals that, that are more tied to sustainability. Well, Jim Collins, we celebrate all the work that has been done with the history of your company and also celebrate what may be a tremendously bright future for you, for your employees, for your uh, customers, and certainly for uh, all of uh, all of us that are involved in this earth and, uh, and counting on farmers to be productive. It is open mic, and, sir, you have the last word today. Great. Well, thanks, Jeff. I uh, appreciate all your questions um, here today. You know, I'm, I'm incredibly honored uh, to, to lead uh, this new company uh, uh, throughout this first uh, year. Um, I think about all of the work uh, and that these uh, very talented colleagues uh, went through over the last five years to you know, create Corteva, to stand it up uh, as part of the merged company, and then to get it spun out. You know, I, I just think we have an amazing team, and we're here now at the, at the right time. Um, Adversity is a challenge. You know that it's the kind of a norm in, in agriculture, um, and we've proven ourselves to be pretty resilient through some of that adversity. You know, we saw the worst farm economy. Uh, we, we've had a, a global pandemic. You know, now we've got you know all this some of this political unrest. Uh, we've weathered all these storms um, as a team, and, and we are focused on uh, our customers, uh, these these producers every year who, you know, they, they take a real risk and, and they go out and they plant a crop. Uh, and we take our resiliency and we now put it to work for them. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we demonstrate that we're, we're here with them, we're in it together, and we're here for the long term. So, Jeff, we uh, appreciate the opportunity to share our story here today. Our thanks to Jim Collins, CEO of Corteva AgriScience, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.